We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome in to the LakersNation.com podcast. I am Trevor Lane, and it is game day. We've got Lakers versus Nets tonight, preseason game two. We're going to spend quite a bit of time on today's show looking ahead to that matchup, what we're hoping to see out of the purple and gold tonight. We'll also spend a little bit of time breaking down what we saw over the last game with Lakers versus Warriors. What's real? What's not from that matchup? Joining me today is Sean Davis. Sean, fresh off the debut of the Lakers Nation post-game show, which took place after Lakers versus Warriors. How you doing? Doing good. Thanks for having me on. And yes, that was super, super fun to kick off the LakersNation.com uh, post-game show. So I appreciate everybody that stick around, sticked around uh, throughout the evening and hoping to continue that throughout the rest of the regular season. And we'll be doing that again tonight. We'll have the game Lakers versus Nets on playback, playback.tv slash Lakers Nation. Come hang out with us. Watch the game with us. We talk through the whole thing. We talk Lakers basketball together. It's kind of like our own personal little Manning cast that you can come join up. So again, playback.tv slash Lakers Nation. Come watch the game with us and hang out. And then afterwards, Lakers Nation live right after the game. That'll be on the Lakers Nation YouTube channel followed up immediately by Sean's show, which is the Lakers Nation post-game post show. Uh, Sean, let's dive right into Lakers versus Warriors. I've got plenty to get into for Lakers-Nets, but now that we've had kind of a day plus to sit with it, what did you see in, in Lakers versus Warriors that you thought was real, that, that you think is going to be sustainable for, for the season? Uh, the Lakers quality of shots where I thought, I mean, first off the, the, the projected rotation players, they shot 11 for 25. I want to say from three and that's not including Christian Wood and Terry and Prince, not including them because they shot 0 for four combined, but Mm -hmm. everybody else 11 for what? 21. Then, uh, D'Lo hit a three. He might have hit two even. Max hit a couple. AD. AD, I mean, I guess the obvious like pushback would be, is AD and Jared Vanderbilt, they could have combined for four for six. But then, like I said, pushback to that would be, okay, Torian Prince and Christian would have very likely not going to go 0 for four. And you got to throw Austin Reeves and LeBron back into the mix at some point as well. So I think just the quality of shot, that the 
quality of shots that the Lakers did get in game one, whether it was their five out offense, which I thought generated a ton of great looks, whether it's like the delay fake handoff for AD, which was great last night. It was mm-hmm. a staple in the Lakers offense last season as well. Um, they had a bunch of great stuff. And one of the things we detailed in the post post game show was I think they got great looks, but even you, in, you increase the timing and execution and that gets better. I think the Lakers offense is going to be really, really good, Trevor, this season to where we could call it a top 12 to 8 unit this season, uh, assuming everybody stays healthy. So heading into the game, I talked a lot process over results, right? That we're looking at how shots are generated, not necessarily whether or not the shot goes in because that's not a sticky stat, how the shot goes in. Some nights you're going to be hot, some nights you're not. And just looking at one game as an indication of how a team is going to shoot and trying to extrapolate that over, out over the course of the season, that's a fool's errand. But how shots are generated, that's a different story. If we're seeing how a team is getting opportunities, that can be an indication truly of something that can be sustainable throughout the season. I do agree. I thought the Lakers did a nice job generating shots against the Warriors, and that's going to be something certainly to keep an eye on uh, tonight against the Nets as well. Uh, you know what? I, most of the guys, uh, what I liked was this. Most of the guys that we heaped praise upon after the game, Anthony Davis, D'Angelo Russell, Max Christie. I look back at that game and most of the things that I saw them doing out there that particularly caught my eye, grabbed my attention. I didn't think they were things that they can't do consistently. I thought they were things that are well within the range of their talent level. It wasn't like Max Christie went out there and shot nine for 11 or something like that, and was hitting fadeaway threes where he's just chucking the ball up and it's going in. We didn't see plays like that. I saw Max Christie doing things that we know Max can probably do. We just wanted to see it in a non-summer league environment. We saw it. He looked smooth. He looked comfortable. He looked confident. Same thing with D'Angelo Russell. AD looked very comfortable shooting that three-pointer as well. So a lot of the, a lot of the good things, and again, they lost this game, but a lot of the good things that we saw out of the, the individual performances, I look at them and I say, yeah, those are things that are not outliers. Those are things that are likely to be repeatable throughout the course of the season. Yeah, and um, like you said, and like I also said on the, the show last night was, or last day time it was recording, was that the Lakers had won by 10 or lost by whatever it was, 15, 17, or whatever the final score was. I would have kind of felt the exact same because, like you said, it doesn't really matter, in my opinion, like who scores, what, or like the the outcome mm-hmm. of the game in preseason. I could really care less. It's right now, at least, is more process over results. And I felt that, like you said, with AD, with D'Lo, with Max, for example, I thought how they got to their shots, how they were impacting the game, the process was there. And it's more when the process is there, it's also more likely to be repeatable when it gets to these games that matter. And I think that's the most important thing to take away. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, another guy that that I thought stood out, and I don't watch every single. I watch every single Lakers games. I haven't watched every single Pelicans game, but I thought Jackson Hayes looked pretty good. I don't want to just immediately put him in that column of yes, this simply is what he's going to be. In fact, from what I've seen from uh, way back when he signed with the Lakers, from Pelicans reporters was that he has a tendency to, to start hot and look really good, and you, and you get excited 
and then he fades as the season goes along. So sure. that's something I want to keep an eye on. But I did see a lot of good things out of Jackson Hayes in terms of energy. Frankly, I thought that he outplayed uh, Christian Wood, which wasn't something that I was expecting going into the game. But I'm hoping that what we saw out of Jackson Hayes was sustainable because his athleticism and what he is as a lob threat, I think, was on display against the Warriors. And I'd like to see that carry in to tonight's game against the Nets. Yeah, I was really impressed with Jackson Hayes. And he only played in 15 minutes, but I thought I thought his best minutes, I think his better stint was the second stint when like the first it was fine, but then I think it was really the second stint when he came back in that I thought he kind of made his mark. And because in the first stint, when he was playing against the the stars for the Warriors, that's kind of the one like thing I didn't love from the coaching staff is how they were still gonna say we're just gonna play this drop. And it's a difference, right, when you're playing drop against the Warriors with A.D. Davis, right? Because they found a lot of success with that in the playoffs, with that high drop with A.D. to guard Steph Curry pick and rolls. But Jackson Hayes in the drop against Steph or Chris Paul or whatever, it's not going to work because that's not who Jackson Hayes is. Jackson Hayes isn't this elite drop coverage big that's an elite rim protector, etc. Jackson Hayes mm-hmm. is the, I'm going to switch on the perimeter, I could be a good weak side rim protector, but I'm not going to be the drop coverage, protect the rim and contest the shot kind of simultaneously, which is why I thought, like I said, that first stint was a little bit more tougher for Jackson Hayes. You get him back in there. There was a play, Trevor, where the Lakers are on offense. I want to say it's like a Gabe Vincent Jackson Hayes ball screen, which not going to lie, not sure how many times we're going to see that during the regular season, but right. Jackson Hayes is involved in a ball screen. He's rolling towards the rim, and there's literally four guys converging on the on on the paint because of Jackson Hayes's rim pressuring ability as a lob threat. And that's another thing that the Lakers, I think, will be able to capitalize if he continues to play well into the regular season. Is okay. Let's say we have a guard that isn't putting a ton of pressure on the rim. Jackson Hayes can be another guy that can kind of do that because of his lob threat ability, and it led to a driving, not a driving kick, but led to a kick out three that don't quite remember the result. But um, I, I love Jackson Hayes, like I said, particularly more in that second stint, and he, he showed some flashes of what he could bring to a Lakers team that I think is going to be more versatile on the defensive end. I'll also say, you know, we we caution going into the game to not overreact to one game in either direction. Somebody playing well to try to look for it, it, to look for things that that you think are repeatable, um, right? Like like Max Christie again. He we saw him do things that he did in summer league. We just saw him do those things now in an actual NBA game. And so, okay, you start to feel more confident that he's going to do those things moving forward. Is Cam Reddish going to be that bad offensively? We don't know the status of Cam Reddish's ankle at this point. Is he going to play against the Nets? I don't. I'd have to say it's probably doubtful. But is Cam Reddish going to be that bad offensively moving forward? I, I I'm not ready to write him off. Uh, Christian Wood, I thought, was a bit up and down with his, his performance. You can't write these guys off and just say, well, this is simply who they are because of the small sample size factor. Just like we can't assume Jared Vanderbilt is a 67% three-point shooter now because he hit two for three in, in one game. It was nice to see him hit those corner threes, but nonetheless, we do have to keep that small sample size in mind. Um, when we're looking at, at Christian Wood in particular, had a lot of people saying, and I agree, that he looked out of shape. He looked slower than what we've seen if you were watching the Mavs last year. Uh, he didn't sign until just a few weeks ago. Maybe he wasn't 
training to the, the degree that he needed to be. I'm speculating here. That can change, obviously. You can certainly play your way into shape. Hell, we watched year after year after year. Shaq did it. But are you concerned at all about, about Christian Woods, specifically his condition? I don't worry about his shooting percentage or anything like that because one game. But are you worried specifically about his conditioning? Uh, no, not necessarily. Um, because I think you would have to speculate in order to do that. And also, I just never thought he was the quickest dude anyway. So, like, if we're talking about like foot speed and things like that, I never, I never thought he was like the, the quickest dude. So I'm over, I'm kind of chuckling when you say he uh, looked a little bit slower than when we saw in Dallas. And like, he's not the quickest dude. No, um, he's not. But he even looked slow compared to compared not, to sure compared to what we had seen previously. I think the better argument, this is something I've seen tossed around, is that maybe he added on weight to maybe try to play the five. Yes. Good so point. I think that I think that would be the more realistic answer, and maybe I'm being optimistic in saying that, but that would be if I had to pick, that would be my guess if it if it is anything. But Christian, I'm not worried about Christian Wood at all, man. I think he was kind of frustrated a little bit last night. Uh, there were several occasions where players missed Christian Wood for wide mm-hmm. open threes, and I even tweeted out like, "You just can't pass up." Or like I don't, I don't want to say look off because I don't think a wide open attempt for a thirty eight percent three point shooter you can't you can't miss those you, you can't miss those and like Christian what hold on I wonder what it is when he's open not even just thirty eight percent but you you just can't pass up on that is a incredibly efficient shot from mm-hmm. a really really good shooter I mean the most notable one that pops off the top of your head is the Jail Hutchifino one in yeah. earlier on in the game where. Christian Woods, like, just running towards him and still up. Like, he still wants the ball. Um, yeah, he shot 44% last year on unguarded catch-and-shoot threes. Like, you can't not – Give the man the ball. Give him, give him the ball. Um, Rui missed him on one. There's a couple other ones we missed him on, too. Like, you just can't miss him. So, um, he had a couple of a nice – he had, like, two drives where he spun and, and made tough, like, contested push shots mm-hmm. and layups, stuff like that. So, um, he had a couple of nice defensive plays, nothing where I'm, like, kind of screaming to the mountaintops about him, but nothing where I'm negative about him. So, I don't know. I'm excited about Christian Wood still, and, and that's a good point that you made, Trevor, where don't want to overreact because I'm just as excited as I was – prior to game one about AD and Christian Wood together, even though they didn't like play great when they were on the floor together against the Warriors. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. It's something that I'd like to see quite a bit more of is AD out there with Christian Wood so they can build that chemistry. I think to put a bow on this, it was noticeable who was on the team last year and who was not because the guys who were on the team last year seemed pretty in rhythm, seemed like they had, they had that chemistry. Um, there were more yeah. instances of the guys who were not on the team last year looking lost, which is completely to be expected. That's what is what preseason is for. I'm not yeah. knocking the guys who weren't on the team. Just it was noticeable. The game got sloppier when you had the guys in there that um, that were not on the team last year. So that's something to consider as well. We do need to talk about tonight's game, though. The game tonight, preseason game two against the Brooklyn Nets. Before we dive into it, quick shout out to our sponsor, and that is Game Time. It's the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. My favorite thing, it's the game time guarantee. I always worry about whether or not I'm getting the best price, and game time has a lowest price guarantee. 
as well as event cancellation protection so you know you are secure when you're buying with game time if you find tickets in the same section and row for less game time actually credits you 110 percent of the difference that's how confident they are that you are always getting the best price with game time tickets get sent directly to your phone you don't have to worry about digging through email or anything like that so snag the tickets without the stress with game time download the game time app create an account use our code lakers nation for 20 dollars off your first purchase terms apply again create an account and redeem code lakers nation for 20 dollars off download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed all right sean big game coming up tonight as big of a you know preseason game as you can get. If you look, the Lakers actually have a pretty difficult preseason schedule. You never know who's playing and who's not in these games, so it's hard to say. Oh, this is a good team. They could be resting all their guys, but um, but on paper, this projects to be one of the uh, a lighter game on the schedule for the Lakers. Not that the Nets are a bad team; they're just not a great team. Wow, Trevor! Either I know the that the, the I like the Nets too. They're really fun to watch. They're just not a necessarily a great team. We don't know who's going to be playing on either side just yet as we're recording this. But based on the reaction on social media last night to the Lakers dropping game one of preseason, I feel like Lakers fans would feel a lot better if the Lakers would just win this game. As much as we've preached to not worry so much about the results and all that, just just win a game. Because if they lose this game, and again, it wouldn't really matter all that much, but if they lose, people would start getting even more nervous. We'd be hearing it even even more, wouldn't we? Yeah. Um, first off, I, I hope we get LeBron and or Austin. Um, yes. That is something I'm really excited to see. I wonder if this is an AD off and LeBron on night. Could we get that? Ah, uh, I don't. And I don't mean I don't to speak it into that. existence or yeah, anything. No, I hope everybody that. plays. I hope they. I hope they all play. But yeah. I don't. This is game two of a six-game preseason, That's and AD and LeBron that. are the guys who need to be on the floor the least. I'm they curious to see what what they actually do in this one tonight. I think this is a team. Opposite of the Warriors, right? Like I talked about, AD and Christian Wood didn't play it well together. This is the game you could probably get away with for for spurts playing AD and Christian Wood together. Mm-hmm. And also, like you're not gonna have a ton of chances to do it because you play Golden State again. Not quite sure how Sacramento is in terms of like playing both AD and Christian Wood together because they run a very uh, similar system. They've got a State. bunch of centers on their roster, so in theory, they could have two bigs on the floor. But yes, I, I, I get what you're saying. Are you playing like? Are you playing Javale McGee next to Demontis Sabonis though? Right. Or I mean, if you wanted to say Trey Lyles and Sabonis, I mean maybe, but like, and then like I said, Golden State, Milwaukee, and Phoenix, you can have a t- opportunity to do so. I actually don't even know about Phoenix, but point being, like, this is a another opportunity, a legitimate opportunity in my eyes to really be able to uh, play both Christian Wood and Anthony Davis together at the same time, kind of work out some of those defensive rotations. There was a specific play where they're on the floor together where it's Wiggins and Looney. I think Christian Wood's guarding Wiggins, and Looney comes to set a flare screen, and it leads to a wide open three for Wiggins because the only way you can kind of defend that for the two bigs is to switch it, and it's – uh, Christian Wood trying to switch underneath on the perimeter 
gives up the three. Um, and I think this is a good matchup to try to get more versatile. We can finally maybe see some more switching ball screens defensively, mm-hmm. hedging more because you can't hedge against the Warriors. That's the biggest no-no, especially with Steph. You can get more versatile defensively. So those are kind of the two big things that I'm looking out for, Trevor. More versatility defensively, and hopefully if he plays, more AD and Christian Wood together in this game. Yeah, that would be good to see, I, I think. More of AD and Christian Wood, just to get the reps, um, if nothing else. This is preseason. It's the time for that sort of stuff. So that, I think, is a good call on your part. I'm Again, my hope is that everybody plays. I My expectation is that Cam Reddish will not because of the turned ankle that we saw in uh, yeah. in the game against the Warriors. And just even, even if he's at 90%, it's preseason. You're not pushing anything in preseason. So my expectation is that Cam Reddish doesn't play. If he does, fantastic. Um, I, I'm looking for a bounce back from Torian Prince. I thought that was a really rough <laughs> debut for, I mean, he had what? He had five fouls in, game, in like we? eight minutes. Like the, the, he just got completely eviscerated by the whistle in that game. Now I also say, I didn't think he did a great job defending on the perimeter. And that was part of the, the problem there. But Torian Prince is not a foul out in 13 minutes kind of guy. He's also not a O for three from deep kind of guy either. Like I felt like we didn't even really get to see who Torian Prince is or anywhere close to who Torian Prince is as a player because of the foul call. So I'd like to see a bounce back uh, performance for Torian Prince here tonight. I'm interested to see what, uh, what he can do out there, particularly with the wings that Brooklyn has. I think he's a guy that can get uh, some real run in this game. So that's, that's a guy I'm certainly keeping an eye on tonight. Yeah. Um, give Max Christie all the minutes to continue to feed my agenda. Um, I'm, I'm joking, but no, seriously, Max is great. Mm-hmm. I, I can't even judge those Torian Prince minutes. I mean, I know he no. played 13, which is, I mean, comparable, but I, I refuse to even judge Torian Prince off that game. Um, I am excited to see Torian Prince. He's genuinely one of the players I am really, really excited to, to see for this Lakers team. Like I said on a previous live show, I believe, uh, and I was with Ryan uh, on the playback stream the other night, that uh, I legitimately was talking myself into, or making an argument at least, for Torian Prince to start next to LeBron and Anthony Davis and, the, and be mm-hmm. the fifth starter. Um, there's been a lot of smoke about that recently. Um, so I really hope he plays well tomorrow night. And I don't know if I would give him the fifth starter spot, but I think he definitely has an argument to be made, and I'm I'm excited to get him out there. I mean, he is, he's not a bargain of the contract, Trevor. He is. He absolutely is. $4.5 million. Um, I think that's a fantastic deal. Now, you look at right now, it feels like most of the momentum is behind Jared Vanderbilt to be the fifth starter. Rui Hachimura is certainly in the mix as well. As you know, a week or so ago, we would have said Rui was the, was the favorite. We'll see where that ultimately winds up. We didn't get an indication because LeBron didn't play uh, against the Warriors. If everybody plays, maybe tonight we'll get an indication of who the fifth starter is actually going to be. Is it Torian Prince? Is it Vando? Is it Rui? Um, right now, it feels mm. like probably Vando, but but we'll see how that all plays out. But I'll tell you another thing that I'm looking forward to is Gabe Vincent. I thought that <laughs> I was he was very, he, right. I mean, he was he was very quiet in the first quarter of uh, of the Warriors game, but where he really came alive is when D'Lo went to the bench. AD goes to the bench. This is in the second half. He had a few nice passes in the first half, but you saw him get more aggressive with his scoring, and that is more 
similar to, I think, the role that we're going to see him in in reality with the Lakers because he's not going to start. It's going to be D'Lo. It's going to be Austin. So if everybody plays, what does Gabe Vincent look like playing with the bench unit, playing with Max Christie out there? Do we see a more aggressive version of Gabe Vincent on a more consistent basis? Whereas with that starting group, as we saw at the beginning of the game, he's a little bit more passive. So I want to see what we get out of Gabe Vincent uh, in this one tonight. And if everybody plays, does that mean we get the more aggressive Gabe, because that's what the bench unit is going to need from him. Is there any shot that Darwin starts three guards? No, don't even put that out there into the universe. No you chance. Can't. There's too many wings on this team. That that would like, be the how argument. many guys? How many guys are you sitting in order to make that a responsible decision? Just I'm just saying, just to see. I, again, I wouldn't like. Let let's say they go to Rui. Right, come I mean, uh, tomorrow the, night. Right, I just to see it. Sure, put them in there for five. Don't start that. They, that will give. That will Lakers fans will be grabbing their torches and pitchforks. You don't do that. Sure, but again, all I'm saying is, and I guess a better way to illustrate this. My point is, I don't know if just because who they start is exactly who they're going to start come opening night. I still think there is okay. a shot that you get. You're more so just confirming the information you have and in like real like halfway real game scenarios or you like I don't know let's say in your head you've made up your mind and it's Vando right Mm -hmm. but you know what let's just see Rui as as the fifth star or let's just see Torian Prince as the fifth starter let's see what this could look like this is still technically the time and you can always still backtrack like technically if I'm Darvin I'm like you come out and say tomorrow Christian was the fifth starter and there's nothing stopping me from come October 24th saying yeah, never mind. Amongst like further, you know, data and blah blah coaches talk, we're gonna go with Jerry Vanderbilt tonight or something like that. That's that's also that's, I mean, he could, but that's also bad coaching, right? Like, because then Is you've it? got a problem. Yeah, are you kidding? No, like, it's not. If, if you if you aren't certain then you don't name a starter right now. Because what you don't want to do is go tell somebody right now, hey, you're the starter, and then a week from now go, surprise, you're not. I'm talking about to the media. Like, internally. You think he's not going to hear it through the media? No. Oh, you mean you you tell the team something different. They know the plan. They're in on it. That's what you're saying. They're in on it, yeah. Okay. Yeah, Yeah. I'm not going to go say uh, to the media – Hey, yeah, Christian Woods is starting. Christian Woods starting, and then and he gets Christian excited, Woods. and then a week later, you're like, yeah. ah, just kidding. Okay, yeah, like, yeah, that, just that's mean. just being a jerk. Right? That's being a <laughs> just jerk. <mean. laughs> Trevor's thinking I'm being a jerk out here. No, like, the team's in on it, and I'm sure the team right now knows who the fifth, like, they know who the fifth starter is. I would bet any amount of money they know who the fifth starter is, but I'm Darvin Ham. You know what? We know who the fifth starter is, but again, to experiment with some stuff and to keep, you know, seeing a multitude of different options. The fifth starter we really know is Vando. Tonight, let's just see Rui. And in the press, Darwin is uh is Rui the fifth starter? You know, we're still uh we're evaluating different mm-hmm. things and uh you know we'll we'll have a decision come up with tonight, even though the decision's already made is Jerry Vanderbilt. So this is all part of like Operation Sneak Attack for opening night here, where you don't want you want Denver to be confused about yes. who to start. You don't want Denver to be able to prepare yes. for who that fifth starter actually is. Because Trevor, you have you have four legitimate options. And like I said, we you can, we could sit here and make an argument 
for damn near all four players to start. Like Christian Wood, the I'll be really quick. Christian Wood, AD wants another big to to play next to him, so he doesn't play the five. Cool. There's an argument in itself. Torian Prince, okay defender, and he fits the off-screen uh, responsibility that Darvin Ham and his playbook really, really likes. Cool. And, like, the, the, the shooting ability, even just his spot-ups. Cool. Mm-hmm. Rui Achimura was fantastic in the playoffs. LeBron's understudy. Gives you another scoring punch. Cool. Jared Vanderbilt, great point of attack defender. If he's shooting the three ball, oh, my God, we're in heaven. Right? Like, and he's another wing that can guard the opposing, players, uh, opposing team's best player. There is a quick and simple argument for all four players. And if I'm Denver or if I'm the Lakers, make Michael Malone have to think a little bit. Or make him make him play a guessing game. We already where, know he's thinking about the Lakers a lot. Yeah, he can't get the Lakers off his mind. He won a championship instead of celebrating winning a ring. He's celebrating beating LeBron. So, like, <laughs> dog, so, get touch grass. Like, let's. I mean, just to, like, AD... He's not starting at four at the four. Like I get that we may want to have you know misdirection for Denver and all that kind of stuff, but okay, with cool. Le- with LeBron out against Golden State, like that was your opportunity. If you're going to start a second big, that's your opportunity to do cool. it. You because otherwise, you otherwise with LeBron in, you don't want LeBron to play small four. But yes, you're right. I'm not. It doesn't change the point at all. I'm just saying that if AD starting at the four was like a real thing, we would have seen it against uh, Golden State. We would have seen them at least throw that out there. And that was the opportunity, and they didn't do it. So, um, what else? What else do we need to see in this in this game tonight? I, I again, I hope that Austin Reeves plays. You know, one thing I'd, I'd like to see. Let me throw this out there. We heard so much good stuff. Like I started to buy into it. All the Jaylen good stuff that we were hearing about Jalen Huchifino. Yep, <laughs> all the good stuff we were hearing about Jalen Huchifino. So much. We heard so much great stuff, um, which is fantastic. But the game was, he had his good moments, but he also had some sloppy moments, didn't finish with a good shooting percentage. I'd like to see a more efficient performance out of JHS. I thought a lot of the mistakes that he made in game one were mistakes that you would expect a 20-year-old rookie making his NBA debut to make. So by no means am I knocking him because what, what we've seen so far is exactly what you would expect. But after the things we heard coming out of training camp, I wanted to see some validation of all that praise, and I don't think we got that. Yeah, I don't think we've gotten that thus far. Um, but that's okay. That's okay. Technically, that is fine. Um, we, I think we kind of, and if we didn't buy into the hype, we would be even more okay with it because we came into the preseason with the understanding that, yeah, Jalen Hutchfino isn't going to play this year. And we only kind of just a little bit drunk the Kool-Aid to where, okay, maybe this is a, a thing. Mm. And, you know, it's kind of bringing down some some hopes about Jalen Hood, Shafino as a player. But I just want to see him be more poised and just making the right play consistently. Like I said, he had a bad miss read missing Christian Wood. He had a couple of uh, poor reads as well, but just cleaning those up. But he had it was some really positive defensive moments in that game sure. as well that I don't want to take away from him. So, um, I, I still like Jalen Huchifino. I'm not too worried about his outlook still. Um, as it comes to anything else I want to see, I want to make sure Darvin Ham hears my, uh, my tricking scheme in terms of, or my guessing scheme for the Nuggets. But, um, yeah, like, like I said, just 
the execution, I, I hope they hammered in the film today about some of the fine-tuning the execution and stuff mm-hmm. like that in the offensive end. And I need D'Lo to really become that pull-up shooting threat that he was in Minnesota. Um, I, I thought we saw that against, uh, from three, against from the Warriors. Three, from three. Oh, from yes, three. The, the mid-range, I'm not right. I mean, D'Lo sure. has that. More so talking about from three. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he was 0 for 1, maybe even 0 for 2 on pull-up threes. Um, he, but... well, yeah, he couldn't have been. He was he was 2 for 3 from 3. Okay, so, so he was probably one. he was 0 for 1 at least. I don't know if it was a pull-up that he missed. But I also thought that he, had two he was a little more focused. Right? Yeah, he, he was a little more focused on distributing as well. I think I think the key to seeing what you're talking about, it's Austin Reeves playing in this game. That doesn't really help with the pull-up 3 though. That helps I mean, over like catch and shoot stuff, but Delo's great off the ball in terms of catch and shoot, which is why the fit works so well. I just mean if you have Austin on the floor, and especially if you have Austin and LeBron, he's not going to be quite as much in the "I got to get everybody else going." Okay, mindset. that's the point. That's that's yeah. what I'm sure. what I'm thinking though. Sure. Okay. No, if that's your line of thinking, then yeah, I, I would agree. Um, because yeah, man, if Delo gets that back, sheesh, man. I mean, like. D'Lo, he impressed me. I like he genuinely mm-hmm. impressed me in in the first game. Um, I, I want to say something. I'm gonna hold off for at least like the first ten games. But uh, yeah, D'Lo, just keep it up, man. That was really really great the way he performed in uh game one. But don't overreact for sure because it is. Oh yeah, preseason. I, I thought we saw everything. Everything that I would have hoped to have seen out of D'Lo, that's what we saw. Yep. That's what we saw. We saw everything essentially that I would have hoped to have seen. In a what fifteen minute or so performance, sixteen minutes, we saw what I was hoping to see out of him. He looked, he looked like himself. I wanted to see the. Um... We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over three hundred and fifty million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shay Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shay Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic. Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. 
trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. I didn't want to see a hangover from that terrible Denver. Denver series. I wanted to yeah. see him going back to being himself. And that's exactly what we saw. Again, like you said, we want to see 10 games of this before we say, oh, that's it. Delo's back. But I thought that was an excellent performance. So again, good, good point. I'd like to see more of that from him. I'd also, I'll tell you this. I'd like to see a little bit less of the South Bay Lakers. And I like those guys. I like those guys. But there was enough discombobulation within with the new players that were coming in that I think you need to feed those minutes. And I thought Darvin did an okay job, but continue to feed maybe even a little bit more to those new guys that are are learning him system, that are, are learning on the fly. This is your chance to do that. And if that has to come at the expense of oh, Alex Fudge. Fudge, yeah. Okay. So Colin so Castleton even. Sure, no, no problem that those guys got in this game and they're going to get minutes in uh, in preseason. It's going to happen, but I think there really needs to be a, a focus on uh, getting the minutes to the guys who clearly are still picking up the system. Really quick before we wrap up, any word on how bad the ankle sprain is for Cam Reddish? I have not seen anything official on, on Cam. Um well, we're just going to have to wait and see what comes out. Again, we're recording this Sunday evening. Um, so as of right now, we don't have anything official on on Cam, on his ankle, uh, on how it's responded. We know he, he turned the ankle, but we don't know for sure whether or not he's a go. Hopefully that information is going to come out sometime over the course of the day on Monday. Man, need. Uh, hopefully Cam gets back healthy. Um. Because he may need those minutes more than anybody. He may, yeah. So, need Cam to uh, get healthy. Yeah. Um, other than that, win the game. That would certainly be nice. Yeah. You know, like yeah, I said. Just win. So get, a, get a win. Oh, I'm curious from the other process. side. From the other side, what does what does Ben Simmons look like? Ooh, yeah. Right? Right? Like, I'm curious to see that for sure. Um. I do not have my hopes up because we've done that in the past. And we've done this like it's, four It's been a mistake years. every single time, right? For four years. Um, but nonetheless, I'm curious to see what he looks like. I hope for the best for him. I hope that, that I hope, I don't hope he plays well against the Lakers, but I hope he's able to bounce back. And at one point, he was one of the most exciting young players in the NBA. So uh, I'm, I'm curious to see what he brings. And then also, uh, Mikel Bridges plays for the Nets, who is now like Austin Reeves' best friend from what we saw in Team USA. So I wouldn't Future mind. If the, uh, yeah, exactly. I wouldn't mind if the camera catches Austin, you know, doing the thing where they, you know, they cover their mouth to say you can't read their lips and stuff like that. And hey, Austin's, um, you know, telling, telling Mikel about how great uh, LA is. Hey, uh, Mikel, when are you a free agent again? Uh, it's you not know, for a while. I, I, I'm not a free agent until... Uh, Dang, when I'm a free agent, I'm stalling so I can load up when he's a free agent. <laughs> I'm not a free agent until this, uh, this bit is going awry uh, until 2026. Ah, dang, man. All right, just uh, just request out of 
request out of Brooklyn. I'll go, we'll, we'll ship D'Lo for you. Okay, Dave, that's messed up. No, D'Lo just played so well. D'Lo played well. I just praised D'Lo for like five minutes, and then I say, you know what, Mikel Bridges, come on down. You're the next I'm, contestant I'm, on The Price is Right. I'm just saying the seeds get planted for the future. This is where Austin, yeah. you know, if it, in, in a few years, hey, he's uh, Austin is, is leading the way uh, for these players to come to LA. So that, you know, I'm, I'm probably mostly that, kidding. Right? He's, he just got a new deal. He's not going to be a free agent for a while, but um, mostly kidding. Mostly on that, but let's face it. It's also team USA. That's where super teams have been formed in the past. Um, I think that's about it though, for what I'm, what I'm looking to see off the top of my head right now. Of course, there's a lot of other things, a lot of other details that we can get into, but in terms of the big picture stuff, I think we covered about everything that I'm looking to see for Lakers against Nets tonight. Again, come join us on playback. Game starts at 7 o'clock Pacific time. We'll be there on playback. Watch the game directly with us. Come hang out with us during the game. And then right afterwards, Lakers Nation live, recapping the game, breaking everything down. Right after that ends, Sean's show starts. The Lakers Nation post postgame show. Sean gets a little deeper into the analytics and all of that sort of stuff. So hang on for that as well. Sean, I'm just excited. We've got we've got basketball back, game two of preseason. Let's go. This is gonna Let's be fun. Let's go, man. Can't wait. And then and what 16 days, if I can count. Uh yeah, 16 days. We'll uh right. have well at time of this recording. So 15 at time of the release. Yep, that's right. right. Season. It's on the way. It's on the way. All right, Lakers Nation, thank you so much for joining us here on the Lakers Nation podcast. We certainly appreciate you. Make sure that you haven't done so already. You are subscribing to the podcast feed over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. If you're a YouTube viewer, you can certainly, we are more than welcome to subscribe to the podcast feed as well. And then, of course, follow us on YouTube. Turn on those notifications. We appreciate that. Till next time, everybody. See ya and stay safe.